Welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast, hosted by DJ Shirai and DJ Juicy. Ooh. We focus on the stories of individuals who are making great impact in society and culture. The Butter Chicken Experience is well-cooked, thought-provoking conversation. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the vibes. You got the cool chef? Yes, 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 party people, New York City and worldwide. It's your boy, DJ Sherrod. And DJ Juicy. Juicy, what's Gucci, my man? Chilling, my brother's hot today, boy. It is hot. It's summer in New York City. How do you feel, my man? I feel great, bro. Everything's you, lovely. Everything's lovely. Yes, beloved. I don't know. I, I saw you yesterday after a few days, and uh, to be frank with you, you just didn't seem like you're in a good mood. I don't know, really? Yeah, you've had like an attitude, like almost like a, a, not even a chip, like a block on your shoulder. Almost. Damn, bro, I'm sorry. Damn, I, I mean, I, that was not intentional. Okay. Yeah. And you know, you know what's nice about working with you actually and being your partner? Tell me. No matter how mad you get mm-hmm. or no matter how upset, and sometimes I talk very harshly to you. Sometimes. And vice versa, you give it back to me as well. Sure. We're good no matter what. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of our dynamic, man. Not too many people can have that and, and say that, that you know. They can mesh like that, so it's it's actually incredible. Uh, there's there's two people I have that relationship with. Who's the second? My wife and you. Okay, that's a good character. Good category. Is, is, isn't that pretty good? Yeah, I feel honored. We're, we just go go at it, and then we're just we're good. So what are you getting for dinner? <laughs> right? It's like fight, yeah. fight, fight, fight. Yeah, yeah. Bite. Yeah, we got in a huge fight yesterday. Who? Me and Nisha. Oh shit! I yeah. thought me and you. I'm like, really? I, I'm not aware. No, oh, me shit. and you. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. But me and Nisha got in a big fight yesterday. Okay, well, I'm sure everything is fine now, right? We hugged it out. There you go. That's how we do. And guess what we ate afterwards? Butter chicken? Nope. <laughs> what? Tandoori chicken. <laughs> okay. You know why? Why? Because I'm on a diet. Okay. I'm on a, I'm on a lifestyle change, my friend. Are you going to cheat today? Absolutely not. 100% not. I'm on a mission. Okay. And when I get, in, you know how I get when I get into these modes. Of it's, like it's either 100 or zero with you, so. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yesterday I was at an event. They were serving steak and southern cuisine all that stuff i just declined it you know what i did have though what avocado toast <laughs> what like prepackaged you bought it uh no it was they were serving oh. mini mini avocado toast okay there you go. yeah so no butter chicken for me but since we're on the topic of butter chicken mm-hmm. one thing i wanted to just uh tell you is that i feel i feel great we're in season two now mm-hmm. season one was incredible we had some amazing guests tell amazing stories what was your favorite of all of them I think the episode with Heems, because me and me and my brother have a deep history, so kind of diving into some questions that I never was able to ask him really was insightful to kind of learn and understand. That yeah, aspect I, th- of his I life. think the Heems episode was definitely one of one of the best episodes as well. Sure, it was awesome. What was your favorite episode or guest? M- my favorite episode. I, it's hard to tell because they were all so fucking I know. good. I know. Right, crazy. like every episode was a banger, and every episode was so different. I think the dynamic of the guests from fashion to music. Obviously, for me, like the music thing is always big. So I love the Rockstar episodes just because I'm I'm genuinely a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jazz Tommy was amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought that story was incredible. Um, I love Suraj's episode. Yeah, that was fun. That was Not Suraj. What do we say? Suraj. Suraj. Suraj's episode was amazing. Nav's episode was amazing. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I mean, uh, but season two is popping. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And and now we're going. Up north a little bit. We're going to be getting some guests from Canada. From Canada? Yes. We the north, bro. Yeah, from the 416. I, I, I say that over here, too, because, like, we're, we're Punjab, I'm Punjabi, so, like, anytime we're, I'm with other people from Indian descent and they're not Punjabi, I'm like, yo, we the north, bro. I guess so. Yeah. If that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what floats your boat. I'm yeah, no, mad. but people in Toronto say it all the time. I have a lot of friends up there, so they'll say that all the time. So Toronto, to me, is like this uh, city that's just given us a boatload of talented people from the creative and musical spaces mm-hmm. would you happen to agree or i definitely agree man i love it I, I mean every time i go there i get inspired whether it's food whether it's fashion art music it's like i always bring something back with me what from toronto specifically yeah specifically you know what's you know what's something that i always get from toronto i know the answer to this but, <laughs> but <laughs> tell me that i'm asking you because the question. All right, it's not so a r- rhetorical question i'm actually I, asking i think you. like two years ago when i went to toronto sherrod had called me i'm like yo 
uh, just asked me how my trip was and everything. And I'm like, yo, bro, you want anything from here? Should I bring something back for you? A souvenir, anything? He's like, yo, actually, there's one thing you could bring for me. I said, what's that? There's a specific tandoori masala that's like only sold Facts. in Toronto. Facts. I need you to find it. Buy me like five bottles of it. Put it in your suitcase and bring it back for me. I said, all right, no problem. It's called Kisan. Okay. Tandoori masala. And you sure it's not available in New York? I haven't found it, and we only get it from Toronto. And my Canadian friend actually originally brought it. Cherry brought it from Canada originally. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so she's the one that I've put yet, us on. So to I it. brought it back for you, and I didn't even keep a bottle for myself. So. You fucked up. I know. So did, is that up. what you used to make tandoori chicken last night? Did you see the tandoori chicken on my Insta story the other day? The other day. I know you be watching my story, Juicy. <laughs> I see who watches it. You always watch it. Was that uh, uh, when you were barbecuing? Inside? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did see it, yeah. Did you see how red that chicken was? It was legit, man. It looked so good, right? Can you bring me a piece next time? I will. So you know what's so funny? One of our other guests DMs me okay. after he saw my chicken. Mm-hmm. His name is Chef Gaurav Anand. Okay. He was also a guest. That was also another good episode of the Butter Chicken Podcast. Yep. And Gaurav Anand said, your tandoori chicken looks like Bangladeshi tandoori chicken. Okay. Now, I didn't know how to <laughs> take that. <laughs> I, and Gaurav's Punjabi. Right. So to me, what I took that as is that he was going, first of all, he was going hard at Bengalis for no reason, mm-hmm. right? Because it was red. Okay. So he said, You're, why did you add food coloring? Your tandoori chicken looks like Bangladeshi tandoori chicken. Okay. What do you make of that? Like, I, I, how do you distinguish the different types of tandoori chicken? <laughs> That's the first thing that came <laughs> into my head. <laughs> I mean, he's a chef, so he has every right to. Okay. So I, what he was insinuating, Gaurav, I'm going to put you on blast right now, is that Bangladeshis can't make tandoori chicken the way Punjabis make tandoori well, chicken. Well, Punjabis always think they're the best at everything. That's just our nature. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I fuck with you, so I, I, I respect it. Okay. I mean, and I, I like people who think they're the best at everything. I respect that. Okay, cool. Even if they're not the best, if they, if they say they are. But so then I explained to him that, dude, this is not... Um, food coloring in my tandoori chicken. That's what he was getting at. He mm-hmm. was saying that you made it too red. And I said, this is Kisan from Toronto. And was he like, oh, or is he like, oh, they put food coloring in that shit? Nah, show. then the conversation deaded. <laughs> he had nothing else to say. <laughs> oh so it is what it is. But Garvanan just know my tandoori chicken is restaurant quality. And it's Cindy. It's Cindy. No, it's not Cindy. It's, yeah. it's, it's Desi? It's certified Desi. Certified Desi. Okay, certified Desi. That's American-born certified Desi. Speaking of cuisine, have you mm-hmm. had any good butter chicken recently? I know you're on a diet, no, but but no, previous to the I don't the touch diet, that shit. Previous to your starting your diet, have you had a good butter chicken meal? Experience? Yes, I did. My last one was at Bukhara Grill. That's how I ended it. Okay. Yeah, so once S- I get down 20, 20, then I'm going to go to it. So, so for those listeners just checking in, just so you know what the Butter Chicken Podcast is, it's me and my brother, DJ. Juicy. Telling stories about South Asians and immigrants in general making impactful moves in this country and actually everywhere in the world. We talk to people from tech, music, entrepreneurship, fashion, medicine, and basically anybody who's really doing big things. One thing I like to do, Juice, and I've been a big proponent of it, uh, and I want to hear your thoughts, is is not just talking to people who have been in it for a long time or I would say veterans like myself and yourself but embracing the youth absolutely it's the perspective changes man like as you grow up and like for one technology being so accessible and so advanced and and continuously just just shifting um really changes people's perspectives and and their their outlook on on how they maneuver and and how they situate themselves on their come up right um so yeah, no, absolutely, man. Just getting everyone's perspective, old, young, just really is, just gathering that information is super helpful to really get, give myself some idea of of my position on certain things. I think when we when we listen to the youth and we get to tell the stories of youth, and then we dive even deeper and we go into South Asian youth and the young creatives and the young musicians and the young artists and the young people doing things, it helps me understand their perspective. Mm-hmm. So the technology, sort of allows the young creatives and the young people in this in this new space to deliver their stories to us immediately and we get to see a lot but with that we also have to filter out you know some of the some of the content and some of the stories that we're we're, we're seeing because there's so much room for people to just make stuff up so much it's 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 really hard to just gauge what's out there unless we have these conversations with young creatives would you would you happen to agree with me yeah and, and i think a part of that is like social media uh, is is like it can be a facade 
to what people um, kind of want people to perceive, right? A hundred percent, and and that's why I think we 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 do our best to sift through that and find some of the best people to chat with and some some really inspirational people doing inspirational things. And guess what, Juice? Talk to me, Shira. What's up? Today, here at the Butter Chicken Studio, mm-hmm. we have someone who's making incredible impact in multiple spaces, one being fashion. Okay. And I know you're a fashionable person. Okay. One being the arts. Sure. And one the other just being overall just becoming a a, a cultural icon, if you will. That's amazing. Who's yeah, that? she's on her way. She's doing great things. Uh she's known in the streets. She's known everywhere around us as Babu the painter. Her government is Babnit Paul Laseker, is that right? Lacaser. Lacaser, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you always fuck up. Her government <laughs> is Babnit Paul Lacaser. Yes, you got it. There you I go. got you. Yeah. Okay. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, definitely. I am so excited to have her here. We we got so many questions. My like my my brain is this <laughs> juices are flowing today. Um, Bubba, we'd like to formally welcome you here. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. You know what's amazing is when we first started as DJs, it was very music driven, mm-hmm. our initial intent, and then yeah. we, we switched up. And now, um, in season two, I feel that in season one, we recorded so many, or a, a bunch of women doing amazing things, and there's so many more women to speak to. Mm-hmm. Um, but your name was actually on our list when we first conceptualized the show, like over Ooh. a year ago. Yeah, and we just had no access. We didn't know anyone that knew you. And then all of a sudden, we just knew you. It was amazing. <laughs> that's, that's I always believe, like, manifested in your life. Yeah. It's like, you know you want to do something. Just keep saying it's going to happen, and it will happen. Crazy. Well, we've been yeah. talking about this podcast for a minute. I think it's going to be one of the best stories. I think you have a lot to share with us, and we're going to uh, dive right in if that's cool with you. Yeah, of course. Um, Babu, tell us where your about your background and where you come from culturally. Yeah, so I was uh, born in Punjab, Batinda, and we all moved over to Canada when I was about six. And then from there, I was raised in Canada, uh, specifically uh, just outside of Toronto, like the area is called the Tobago Rexdale. Mm-hmm. And it was an area where a lot of like new families as immigrants came. And Canada's always been very accepting of, like, different cultures. It's, like, it's a very driven, like, it's a very immigrant-driven, like, country. Mm -hmm. So I grew up around, like, all sorts of people from, like, different cultural backgrounds. And then my parents wanted, like, the whole, like, big house, shebang. And then we moved to the Burbs, Brampton, where all the Punjabis live. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, I was just, like... I don't know if Toronto is like the city for me in terms of work. So I started traveling around, but uh, specifically Indian Canadian, but I'm like a hybrid. So in your youth, were you, um, like you mentioned, there were several, like, I guess, immigrant communities mm-hmm. within Etobicoke, Rexdale area. Yeah. Were you like kind of absorbing, absorbing some of the, like the music, the, the art, the food? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I grew up a lot with hip hop mm-hmm. and like rock music. And one thing that I always kind of, like, felt left out was I was always seen as, like, that girl with, like, oily hair or, like, really, like, smelly food. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I'm cooler than that. And we're all, like, really pretty dope people. Like, I want to be able to wear, like, a cool shirt that doesn't have Ganesh on it. Mm -hmm. Like, but still be able to represent myself at, like, Drake's concert. Right. And so the older I got, the more I was, like, okay, if no one's going to do it for me, I'm going to do it for myself. So I started, like, making my own clothes that were, like, you know, with bakwas on it, or they said, like, different slogans, different lines. But I just wanted to, like, be able to be myself, which was, like, Indian and Canadian. So from there, I just, like, knew that other people wanted that as well. And then it's just started to become, like, a lifestyle. And it's almost like sometimes people don't have the courage to kind of just take that leap and just start being themselves because mm-hmm. they're so confined within this box that they live in or their yeah. their parents tell them that they live in or culture society tells them they live in. Yes. Did you get any like sort of like pushback from your parents when you wanted to start? 
doing I mean, art and stuff or there's always pushbacks from like societal norms i mean like sometimes being indian is not hard because not only do you have your parents but you have like your relatives you have your cousins then you have like this whole thing about what are people gonna say we have to live in this society but i've always just done what i wanted to do and just like l- let people think of their own emotions i was like i'm not gonna sit here and babysit your feelings right. like if you're offended by what i do just don't be around me then that's super bold that <laughs> I, I feel like a, a lot of people from our like from our in our situation but being born in a, in a foreign land right and your parents are immigrants don't have enough courage to just do that yeah i mean like i still respect everyone for like what they believe in of course but also i'm like i'm sorry i'm just like wasn't born the way you were but also my parents have been super supportive and they fuck with me heavy, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, and the little Jade, those songs just like made me like seem way cooler than I really was to my parents. What did what did what happened with so, him? So, a lot of people over here don't know, but I had sent out like I was in talks with little Jade's like uh, stylist, uh-huh. and she's like, "Oh, we really want him to wear your stuff." Blah blah blah. So two years ago, I had sent him like a couple of jackets. For him to wear on his show, I think it's called The Rising Star. Okay. It's kind of like Indian Idol, but for like kids mm-hmm. in India. Um, and then I wasn't sure if he was ever going to wear it, but then in season two, he wore it and everybody just went like crazy. Who's everybody? Like at the show or like the world? In general? Um, like all like the Indian kids in India uh-huh. and then like my family. So what my parents it? started getting like phone calls. My cousins came over and they watched like the whole show. Like it was a party. And you know, Punjabis, like they go crazy. <laughs> so I walk in and everyone's there. I'm like, what's going on? And I didn't know at the time. And my mom's like, Told you to wear your jacket. And she's like, you must be doing something right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can do I can so deal wh- with when, this. When did that happen exactly? Uh, I think that happened about like a couple months ago. Happened this year. So they've been fucking with you, but now they're fucking. But yeah, now they're just like, yo, we're on let's board go. with it. Like, let's go. Who's next? Now they can help. Now you can get a team. Uh, tell us about a little bit about the inspiration and where Bakwas comes from. And, you know, we have a lot of non South Asian mm-hmm. listeners. So paint the picture of why this word on all of or a, a lot of your stuff. Like, where did this come from and, and why is it so important to you? Yes. So when I. I guess pursued my whole art or brand or just whatever I wanted to do. The whole idea of it was immersing Indian pop art, but in streetwear. So it's like you're wearing like Yeezys, but you wear like a t-shirt that says Bagwas on it. Um, and Bagwas basically means bullshit. And I like typically say it's used in an Indian household by parents who want to tell their kids what is this bakwas that you're doing? Mm-hmm. And that's basically like where it all started from. Like my mom would say it all the time to me. And I was like, mom, like you do understand, like I'm like the good child. Like there's people out there who are doing more fucked up shit than me. Mm-hmm. Just and like that, that's what you told her? Yeah, I told her. I was like, I'm a good kid. I'm just out here making art. I'm just weird as shit. <laughs> and then so... Uh, I was like, well, if my mom is telling me I'm Bakwas, then that means, like, everyone else is Bakwas. And I was very, like, particular about the way I wrote Bakwas as well. Okay. Because I wanted to be in, like, uh, so I'm not a typographist. I don't even know if that's a word. But Typography I'm is a word. Yeah. yeah. So typographist is definitely a word. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yo, this <laughs> is a podcast. This is podcastism. <laughs> you know what podcastism? No, but it's a word now. We do what we want. <laughs> um, so I was very like particular about the way I wrote Bakwas because I wanted non like South Asian people to be able to look at the logo and still be like, Oh, cool, like don't know what that means, but like the way it is is sick. Right. And thankfully I do get that reaction. Uh, so that's good. Um but yeah, it's just the whole idea of immersing Indian culture within like the streetwear space and that goes across the board from like rock music to like hip hop and you know. Super dope. Thank you. Yeah. So when you started writing it, was it always to put it on shirts or did you um like cuz it's on jackets, it's on shirts. Uh do you put it on any anything in particular or just anything you want at this point? Um just anything that I want at this point, but at first it started really like I don't want to sound offensive but my whole like way of thinking was like if our culture is being taken to like 
if white people can take yoga to make money off of it, why can't I take streetwear and make money off of it? So the whole idea was to like culturally appropriate white culture, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, white people are taking jackets and painting on them and selling it for like two, three hundred. Why am I not doing that? So then I went the opposite route where like instead of getting angry with them, I was like, I'm gonna take your shit. So I took like the whole culture of like taking vintage clothing, redefining it, reappropriating it and then selling it. So that was like how it, like the thought process started. But now it's just kind of like one thing to the next. You know what I find very interesting with this? What's up? Is that at a, such a young age, the art is definitely numero uno, it seems. But you also have a very good business acumen. Oh, thank you. And we just work with so many artists mm-hmm. and so many creatives. And many of the creatives we'll meet, and probably you too, um, will be all about the creation but maybe lack on the business side. Yeah. Or there might be those people that are like, yo, let's how do we get to the money and not really be true to the true to the game. It seems like what you're doing, you're true to yourself, you're true to where you come from, but at the same time, there's business to be done here. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Mm. It's like what you were saying, it's like I come from like a very sick Punjabi household. And it's like the last thing you want to do is be broke. Yeah. If you're broke, oh, like, because it's like everyone just takes rounds of drinks. And if you're going to be that one girl at the end of the night, it's like, yo, yes, you bought me like 10 drinks and now I can't buy you a drink. Like. Yeah. Facto. Right? It's like, super fact, yeah. Big facts. No one's going to take me seriously. So in third year of university, I'm like, yo, Babu, get your shit together. Not Babneet, Babu. Oh, yeah, that's when Babu was invented. So the way I look at social media is there's a Babu to me and there's a Babu to me. You're, we're going left now. What do you mean? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I want to go here. You want to get deep. I, I get want. deep. I just wanted to understand the difference between Babu and Babu because apparently there's two different people. Oh, yeah. I think for me, being in the social media space is so hard sometimes that you can't take life seriously like if beneath read some of the comments or like some of the things that people say to me i would be emotionally shattered interesting but as babu it's like i don't give a shit what you say to me like i'm gonna do me and i'm gonna get my shit done i'm gonna make my money and then go to the next bar (sighs) and i'm gonna get that drink (laughs) but so like for me to emotionally stay sane there's like a beneath side who has a very like home like loving family with like two friends and it's just like all about like just watching movies netflix and chilling blah blah, blah. and then beneath is like where like the monster in me comes out where it's like yo i have dreams and i want to make sure that they come to life now wait beneath or that's babu oh sorry like babu okay yes, i'm like just that. trying to follow yeah. so beneath is netflix chill two friends yeah hanging out yeah at home eating brontas like no instagram no nothing okay and Babu is the one where it's like, hey, I'm doing a pop-up shop. Come say hi. <laughs> so Babu's the one that you could just talk shit to on the gram. Talk shit to, <laughs> just be myself, but have, like, this, like, external, like, confidence mm. without, like, kind of breaking down. So so this happened, you kind of figured this out in your third year of Yes. Art school, is that right? You yes. went to art school? I went to art school. I did painting and sculpture. The degree did not do me good, but that's fine. Um, Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, because no one told me that to be an artist, you don't have to go to art school. Like, I wish I had done something completely different, like business or marketing or like, um, I don't know, fashion merchandising or something where it's like I would get tactile skills of like even making a resume. But when I went to art school, it was all about like the thought process, which is like great because that really taught me how to like think quick about ideas. But I basically like self-taught my like art. Like it was all up to me how much I practice and what I do with it. But then I really had to like learn how to market myself and be like my own manager. And that was all through Google. Wow, that's but that's the wave. That's what well, you got to do, right? And you, you seem to be doing a pr- 
pretty, pretty, pretty good I'm job. trying. I'm surviving. It's all about the illusion, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um, like artists in your family, uh, like who can draw as well, or? Um, yeah, so I have like creative people in my family, but no one like really pursued it like the way I did. Mm. But I think like the next generation up, I have like nieces and nephews who are like always like drawing and they're sending it to me. It's like, Babu Mati, <laughs> I drew this. So do you, do you look at yourself as sort of a, uh, an influencer or a, a person that can inspire youth at this point? I think so, but I don't ever say that to myself or anybody because I'm not ready to take that responsibility on. Mm. But I definitely think that like I provide a little bit of confidence where it's like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it too. You know what's one thing I really like that you did? Why? I like the fact that you've been able to not just independently put out work, but you've also collabed um, with different brands mm-hmm. or even people i know you did something with hate copy yes that's bad Betty. yeah that was when we came out with the campaign bad Betty, and we're gonna dive into that and then okay. you also did uh arun mentioned juicy mentioned you did some stuff with converse yes you did some stuff with adidas yes i really want to know about that because we do a lot of work with adidas as uh-huh. well mm-hmm. and we were i think the first south asians to do anything with the brand that's amazing um, Actually, no. Yeah, I think we were, right? I think so. I think so. And then we saw you doing it, so Uh it's like, wow, all right, the brand's fucking with us now. Yeah, I think, like, we're (laughs) definitely, like, now at a place where brands, I think they have to get better at it. I think they have to get better at scouting, because right now it's all about, like, oh, hey, I know this one token brown person. Let's put them in. But um, I feel like... I don't know how to, like, say this, but I feel, like, honored to be, like, that one token brown person <laughs> because it's, like, not only am I, like, is my skin color, like, really powerful, but I also, like, try to, like, convince them to be, like, hey, we need to have Chandra with the Converse's. We need to have anklets. Like, we need to have something in there that, like, isn't too loud, but, like, still signifies that, like, yo, brown girls can wear like chucks with like anklets if you wanted like we're in that day and age now Babu tell us what you did with Converse specifically so there was uh, a shoe that they were launching the Chuck Taylor and they wanted to get three females uh, I guess who were like in the public eye or doing like dope shit Um, and I was one of them and we did like a photo video where like I explained my story like who I was what I'm doing and then uh, it was launched throughout, like, in Foot Locker throughout Canada. So Sick. they had, like, my face in, like, 39 stores. Wow. All so, over. So did um did the people that, that, that rock with you, like, were yeah. they sending you pictures? Oh, and, like, it was, like, crazy? it was, like, one of those moments where, like, you were on a high. Like, Interesting. That's so amazing. Because everyone was, like either like taking a photo of the billboard or like they were in the subway and they're like guess who i see (laughs) and they're like boomeranging it sending it to me it just felt like amazing and for me it was really important because i wanted to get the anklets with the chucks in and you got you and i got it okay and i think that really like gave a lot of brown girls around like a lot of confidence and so like even if they weren't in canada Mm -hmm. at the time and still now girls were like rocking their chandras and they were like tagging me it's like guess what i'm doing today babu so i think it made like a really like heavy like impact but in different ways so that was a modeling gig um (laughs) for for, like you didn't you didn't actually paint on the shoe or do anything of that i did paint a shoe Uh, i painted 10 limited edition shoes and we did like one for a giveaway but it was more so for just like the marketing play yeah like more for like the look rather than like selling Mm. sure um but we did we did some like painting stuff that's fire thank you so then were they did they hit you before adidas hit you or was Adidas? no it was converse first uh and it was good because it was canadian wide and then shortly right after refinery actually was like the one facilitating the whole um gig mm-hmm. but they hit me up and they're like well adidas is now launching shoes and we want to feature you in it so it was kind of like nice because that was uh 
in LA and like more American. Right. Um, so did one lead to the other or were they two separate? I have no idea. Okay. But right now I think there's like this whole trend, especially with brands where they want to feature people with a story. Absolutely. And they look at me, they're like, this girl has a story. Let's get her on board. Interesting. So are you enjoying doing these sort of mainstream, um, working with these mainstream companies? And is that different than what you're used to in your day-to-day business of just being able to be the creative side? It's super different. And I think this is where, like, Babu comes a lot into because I feel like I have to, like, be constantly on where it's, like, I have cameras. I have to watch out for what I say, make sure I'm not, like too wild mm-hmm. um i love it because i feel like i finally get to represent one who i am because that's what i'm all about like i want to do what i like what makes me happy um but i also feel like i'm doing it like for the culture <laughs> like for all like the girls out there who want to be able to like rock sneakers with like a kurta. why not yeah I'll do it so you've done this big brand stuff, but I've, I also um, read about a collaboration you did with Hate Copy. Mm-hmm. That was a couple years ago now, right? Yeah, I think it's been two years. Uh, we're good friends because we're both from Toronto. Um, and we both uh, started like, okay, we got to do something. We came out with this campaign called Bad Beatty because I felt like me and her were kind of seen as like wild child. Is that a play on like bad bitch? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, kind of. It was just kind of meant... The whole campaign was supposed to be like, okay, I do all sorts of shit, but I don't give a shit if you call me like I'm a bad bitch or if you don't like me or if you do like me, I'm going to just do me. So the whole idea was to like explore the, f- the whole thing about like drinking and going out and partying, getting tattoos and like sleeping with people if that's your thing. And you know, like just all across the board just selling confidence like do you like if you're a bad bitch or a bad baby like just do just do you so how did you how did you bring that out what was the collaboration all about um so it was actually an art show that we had done um so we had paintings that was specifically in toronto then we came out to new york and we shot a video of just us doing fuck all I haven't seen that. <laughs> I need to see that video. Yeah. I'll I'll send it to you guys. It's pretty dope. Okay. And then uh and then my sister's a makeup artist and she had basically took the imagery of like the main bad baby skull mm-hmm. and did like a makeup look on it. And weird enough it was around Halloween. So we had about eight hundred girls around the world who dressed at Baz Bad Beatty that year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but those were like all the 800 girls that had tagged us, so we don't even know if there's like more. And just this recent Halloween, there were like more girls who are like still continuous like to like explore that idea, but it was pretty cool. Interesting. So you've you collabed with another artist that's uh, culturally from our background, Mm -hmm. uh, being brown. Um, A lot of people don't like to do that. They don't like to collab or, or work with someone who's like in the same space and look at it as uh-huh. more of a competitive side. What are your thoughts on that? I have a lot of confidence in me to be able to be like, I fuck with myself, but I also fuck with you and we can both be in the same space. Like, I'm not trying to compete with you. I'm not trying to get anything out of you. I just want to like make dope work and let that happen organically. And I think especially like coming from an Indian background, you kind of grew up with like oh if i have to like be up there you can't be up there with me and i'm really trying to like change that and i feel like the more i collaborate the more i support other people the more hopefully everyone can realize that like we all can exist we can all coexist without like having to like push you down to get myself up so we talk about that all the time (laughs) on the show actually it's uh how I feel personally that mm-hmm. now more than ever there's like some sort of like unity amongst our culture mm-hmm. and even if it's if people in, in the same lane as me and, and <laughs> there are my direct competition in the lane that I'm in right we still will show each other love and support you um, have to because there's 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 so much business to go around and and if we're just stronger in numbers yeah right I, I always say two hands is better than one yeah absolutely so yeah and I feel like that's more of like the immigrant like mentality where it's like we came to a whole new country all of us are like 
you know, what the fuck do we do with our lives? So it's like, hey, let's just like do stuff together and we're going to keep it moving. Absolutely. Um, so I know we mentioned uh, kind of like uh, you I actually we we love how you promote body positivity and creativity mm-hmm. amongst other things in an age where social media dictates a lot of how young people see themselves. Yeah. How do you see your brand changing those stereotypes? That is so funny. Ooh, I, <laughs> I like that question. Juicy. That's a good question. I like it, too. So it's funny because I gained 20 pounds in the last, like, I would say, like, a year. Mm-hmm. I went from, like, being zero zero to literally, like, zero seven on the way to zero nine. Like, my body is going through a thing right now, but I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> like, I love it. Like, I'm wearing oversized t-shirts no one needs to see my belly i'm out here drinking eating like i'm living life and i love it um but it is funny because people like would comment and say like oh you gained a little bit of weight or like my aunties would be like oh you look chubbier now (laughs) it's like so i still see that people like notice that i got it but i think the fact that i also tell people that i'm happy and i'm not constantly saying oh i need to hit the gym Mm -hmm. like says a lot right and I think within streetwear, there is this, like, whole culture of, like, even if you're skinny or not skinny, like, you don't need to, stre- like, dress a certain way to, like, look hot or look sexy. So it's, like, for me, wearing an oversized t-shirt with, like, some nice kicks is, like, sexy to me. Right. And so I feel like that is also exploring, like, fashion in a different sense within, like, the South Asian, like, crowd. Right. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. No, it's, it's amazing. Um, I have a story to tell. Go ahead. Tell us a story. Okay. So, I love drinking. I love, I love partying. I love stories. <laughs> tell stories all day. Um, so, I couldn't, like, share it before because it was, like, conflicting with, like, work. Um, so, I went out one night, got really shit-faced at, like, my favorite place in Toronto, Apartment 200. And I fell that night, and I broke my elbow. Shit. my right elbow and I didn't realize it but I woke up the next day my arm was swollen and I was like oh fuck like what the fuck did I do so the reason I couldn't tell anybody was because I was like doing design work and if I had told them like yo I broke my arm like yeah they would have been like what the fuck the work's <laughs> not gonna get complete yeah, like, yeah like what are you doing with your life man <laughs> and then I went to the hospital I got a cast but that was the same time I got all my tattoos. And I hadn't told my mom before I got the tattoos because she's very much against it. Right. But then she felt really bad for my broken elbow. And then I told her about the tattoos at the same time. And so it was like really weird because she wanted to like yell at me. But then she was like, I feel bad for her because she broke her elbow. Yeah. So it's like she was conflicted in her own feelings. <laughs> So is that like now? Uh, but that was like my coming out story of like tattoos. But now I can tell people that I broke my elbow because <laughs> now it's fine. It's fine. It's good. That's amazing. So like, d- is she still against the tattoos? Would you say? Oh yeah, she like refuses to believe that they exist. <laughs> but it's fine. What, what would have been? She lit? could deal with it on her own. Yeah, it would have been lit if she like gave you a little tattoo on on the actual cast when it was broken. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I do have my parents' signatures right on my wrist. And I look at them every day. That's amazing. Just to like pay homage to them. Of like, course. You know. So your everything that everything on your body is, has a story to it. In terms oh of yeah, oh yeah. I like designed my whole arm so like people love it when they're like right in front of me. But even if you're standing like five blocks from me and you see my arm, like it's like a piece of work. You gotta have some good eyesight to see it from. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking that I was like, uh. A block away. Let's <laughs> say a block away. Or five steps. All right. I got yeah. you. Um, you've also dabbled in the photography space, correct? Oh, yeah. I like, was like a really weird kid growing up. So y- from a creative standpoint, like yeah. I see the tats. I see the, the clothing. Um, we see just all the different art. I've seen like the sunglasses with the word Ladu in it. Uh-huh. Like just so much random cool shit. Yeah. But then I also saw that you did an entire thing with just photography in India, specifically talking Uh um, about prostitution, specifically talking about um, women who are lesbians. What what, what was that all about? Um, Because that's some stuff that's like deeper that a lot of people don't talk about it, but 
I guess so you, you were really talking about it a while ago. Yeah. So that was like, I would say more of like beneath. Mm. Those are like the ideas that I personally love to explore. And when I started getting into the art space, I really wanted to vocalize like what was going on. And but I found that like that's not what brands want and that's not what's going to be like the money maker. So that's where I had to differentiate like, OK, Bubu's going to be this like really fun, wild pop art girl who wants to do whatever the fuck she wants. And she's going to promote confidence in women. But Bubneet's going to do all these extra projects that she's wanted to do, but keep it on the D-Lo because that's more personally for me. But growing up, uh, especially in a very like Punjabi household, we tend to be very, um, we tend to be very like close-minded about like a lot of ideas and sexuality and women and the idea of women loving another woman and just like the whole non-binary, like the conversation that's happening right now, Punjabis don't want to be a part of it at all. Mm -hmm. This They're conversation. Or like the conversation in like general. Just the, right. Like just the general whole conversation that's happening around the world between like the ideas of, you know, sexuality and like being a they instead of a he or a she. Uh, they just don't want to be a part of it. So I was like, even if I'm not someone who's in that space, I still want to represent it because I want Punjabis to know that like it's okay to be queer. It's okay to like be in love with another woman without like hating yourself or without feeling like you let somebody else down like your parents are gonna always love you but you need to do you girl Specs. that yeah. was so real <laughs> and it's so true it's true like and i've met so many of my friends that just feel bad for being who they are and it's like no yeah. don't do that to yourself you're never gonna find happiness if you just blame yourself the whole time it's funny because, like, I, I'm thinking about, like, my perspective of my family and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of people can relate to this. And it's, you know, when you bring up the com the conversation of anything that deals with sexuality or preference, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's not even that, that they'll say something negative about it. They'll not say, they won't say something positive about no. it. It just, they push it under the rug. Yeah, like, they don't, like, but that's what I mean. Like, even with my mom, it's like, she doesn't even want to, like know the fact that I have tattoos. It's like for people, it's easier to like just push it under the rug and and not really like vocalize yeah. it. Like I, I have cousins who haven't come out to their families <laughs> because she knows it's like not going to be like good. I feel like indifference is worse than not having uh, like some sort of mm -hmm. perspective, right? Like I, I always tell my mom that it's that. like ignorance. Yeah. Not, yeah. doesn't do anything for any of us. Right. Like, I always tell my parents, like, I'd rather have you yelling at me than not talking to me. Right. Like, say something, do something, but just, like, not, just not say nothing. Yeah. It's awkward. I mean, like, I, there's, like, you'll, uh, there'll be, like, an English movie on, and, like, two people are kissing, and then my, my dad will pick up his phone. My, my, <laughs> oh, my, my God. My mom will walk into the kitchen, and I'm just oh like. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. So, so, so what, what was the, What was the reaction when you did that? When you when you launched those photos or did you launch it in a gallery style or yeah I did more of a gallery style more like intimate um, so it was private yeah it was private okay. uh, where like it was open to people but more like word of mouth through friends or like professors and that was in Canada that was specifically in Toronto but you were oh. talking about specifically about South Asians yeah like South Asian space and more of like my opinion or more of like my experiences being like Punjabi specifically at the time um but I couldn't put that online a lot or explore it much because it got to a point where it was borderline getting death threats from like wow really like hardcore Sikhs wow and I was like this isn't something I like I want to promote it more uh -huh. and I want to talk about it more but I'm also like not trying to get shot here or like wow I didn't know it was <laughs> like that was I not was, supposed to find out about it no it was it's it's cool like I tell people what I do but right. also like I want to be safe but like there was this one picture that I had took and my front was all bare right and i just had the chutney on and i wrote nervo nerva on it and everyone was like oh you shouldn't put like a like a holy scripture on like a bare body 
But my whole take on that was like, God wouldn't want us to like not explore our bodies or like not have like nerve and nerve on our bodies if like that's like God doesn't tell you all these things. It's a man made like mm-hmm. conception that this is what God wanted. Like, have you talked to God? Right. I so, talked to God. It's fine. What does God cool. say to you? He said it's cool. He says <laughs> it's cool. cool. <laughs> I say it's cool too. So that was that was one and then you you did another um another gallery on prostitution in India, is that right? Yeah, so it was uh, it was a series where I had because uh, I know my privilege being like a South Asian in Canada, being able to like fly around the world and also get paid for the shit that I love to do. Like I'm sitting here drinking whiskey but that's work at the end of the day, right? You know, <laughs> work, like, work, 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 work. You know, so it's like that's a privilege that I have accepted, and also a privilege I have is like I'm a safe-looking girl, borderline pretty, and then I'm light-skinned, mm. and I have to realize that like my life is instantly like ten times easier because of my color of the skin that I'm light. So at the time, I was exploring what my life would have been as a 19 year old if I was this person so one of um, the series was me a prostitute being in India and then it was like a little description of like what I thought or what I think my life would have been if that was who I was and one of the other series was I was a lesbian woman in like a bend in Punjab and how I would explore love if that was me um, and then the That's last some really forward yeah. and deep thinking. It was, it was, I was go- like, I go through some deep shit. <laughs> Which I wanted to chat about as well. Okay, we can talk about it. Yeah, cool. Um, and then the last one was, uh, it was about all the women who go up to, I don't want to say it wrong. I'm not going to say it because I can't remember the name of the place. Okay. But basically, there's a place where you can find ashram. If you're a woman and your husband has died and your family has like left you like for you to be. And that was inspired by the movie Water by Deepa Mehta. Mm. So that could be like a good and, reference. And this, this was all years ago, correct? This was early. This, this was, was like This was the Bhavneet art school, exploring some deep shit. Because that's what I really want to do. But I understand that it's not my time right now. It's not my time to explore it, so I'm going to wait till I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm sitting on, like, 10 milli. 40's old, right? For- <laughs> oh, 40's shit. old, right? <laughs> Sorry. I know, no, I'm just saying 40's old, right? <laughs> well, I just feel like... Like, you're a G if you're 40. Yeah, I feel like 40 is when you're like, yo, I got money to do my own shit, and I don't Facts. need other people's opinions in my life. Facts. Love right? It. Love that. But if you could get that money by 30, then you could just do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Speed, as speed soon as, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to. <laughs> but I'm just waiting to sit on, like, that 10 milli check. <laughs> so it's it's interesting you brought up some, like, really um, sort of deep, um, dark stuff uh, coming out of our culture at a really young age. Um, Heems was here. I don't know if you know who Himanshu Himanshu Suri is. Do you know him? Yes. Do you know, know his him. music? Yes. And I've met, like, we're friends. Okay. I wouldn't say we we're like best friends, but we we're friends. Okay, so Heems is uh, is actually uh, we know him since literally childhood, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and he was up here, and we had a, s- a conversation that gave a similar light to a different topic, mm-hmm. which was mental health. Oh yeah. And the way you were talking about how you know within the South Asian or specifically even Punjabi community, um, being a lesbian might be something that gets swept under the rug, mm-hmm. or being gay might be swept under the rug or having tattoos is like let's not talk or anything that's not the norm is swept under the rug right so mental health is another one of those Mm -hmm. things that Heems pointed out like a lot of people in a generation above is like those people who are 40 and over those (laughs) old people oh the people who have the money yeah (laughs) those people don't like to talk about that stuff no Um, and I read somewhere that at some point, you also have been going through your shit. And oh, yeah. And it, your art is something that helped you kind of get through mm-hmm. stuff. Is that is that accurate? 
Yeah, so I'll give you like a little synopsis of like my life. Love I, it. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, I always thought that if I wanted to like make specifically, let's say my parents or like my grandparents or just like my, you know, first family happy, I needed to get a degree, find a guy, get married, have a child. And my mentality was always like, I'm going to find a rich dude. I'm going to marry him. And then he's going to support my lifestyle. He's going to support my art. I'm going to be that rich, like, housewife (laughs) that, like, has lots of art. And I'm, like, all about it with, like, three children. So I always used to date Punjabi guys because of that. Because I was like, I can't bring home a non-Punjabi guy because no one's going to approve of it. So then uh, at the age of... (laughs) 22 i was a year and a half into a relationship and we had introduced each other to like our parents and our parents are like well you guys really like you guys want to like gonna get married and i was like yeah yeah yeah, of course like he comes from like a fairly like rich background wants to be a filmmaker (laughs) he'll be creative at some point oh that's that dude (laughs) it's that dude okay and then i'm like yeah you know what i'll get a roca done i'll be semi-engaged why not Got engaged, and literally on the day of, I was, like, about to cry because I'm like, why am I doing this to me, Babni? This is not what you want. But I went through with it. And luckily, he was like, oh, I'm going to law school in London. So he was gone for the three months after that. And I was like, okay, great. This is my escape. Broke up with him. He went to London. And as soon as he came back, I went to India for four months to do the whole eat, pray, love thing. Because I was like... Everyone kept blaming me. They're like, you could have done it. Like, he was the best thing that ever happened to you. And mind you, he was not even close to being the best thing ever. Um, But everyone just made me feel bad for not wanting what they thought I should be doing. Mm. And But I didn't care. I went to India, and it was a really dark time in my life because I was like, everyone's blaming me for the engagement. Everyone's blaming me about, like, breaking up with him. Everyone's blaming me about all this, like, stuff and i'm just like out here like i just want to find love and i just want to be loved Mm. and it was really like weird because i thought i was like really disappointing like everyone in my life and that just like made me go through some shit but i think being in india really helped because i found like really inspiring people and who were going through like worse than what i was so i was like yo babu like what the fuck you doing like get over (laughs) this shit So then after that, I was like, I really need to explore just like not even like dating non-Punjabis, but just like explore life with people. So then. um, And then like from since then, I've just really started to appreciate like my time alone Mm -hmm. and what I really want. And that's helped me a lot with like my thought process and like the whole depression thing. But, you know, so does drinking. (laughs) 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 so it's like (laughs) if that doesn't work (laughs) crown royale will (laughs) oh man wow we need to get you a crown royale check (laughs) yo i was just telling them like i'm like their one token girl that just like only like drinks them and it's like amazing (laughs) it's like i would fuck with crown royale over lagavulin any day so um we talked a lot about a lot of different topics mm-hmm. uh, and we got, you know, in a fairly short time, you know, I've, I've really gotten to know you in a different light and I, I'm, I thoroughly am enjoying myself. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. So one thing that we I wanted to touch on and, and this is big because whether you believe it or not, mm-hmm. I think at this level uh, in your career and where you're at, a lot of people specifically youth younger brown non-brown it doesn't matter uh females males doesn't matter but the youth in general are looking at someone like you you and other creatives in your space as people who do inspire and do give them that uh sort of motivation to do dope shit as you would say <laughs> right because i do dope shit too and so yeah. does you we do dope shit that's it's what just we do a lot of day. dope shit <laughs> yeah we do dope shit every day and i like i wear i wear you know, I'm an old man where I get to wear sneakers to work, That's t-shirts, sure. I'm chilling. I'm having fun, right? I get to meet cool people like you, and we get to just do dope-ass shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in that, in that, right, yeah, we do all this dope shit, <laughs> but you run a business around it. Oh, yeah. 
And before we close out today, mm-hmm. I I want you to tell or just tell us about a little bit about how the business side of it works and how sometimes that's not always for us. I know it's not always Pretty. a peachy. Yeah, it's not always peachy. There's yeah. not always money in the bank account. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we take L's like how does that work for you? How does the business currently work for you? You know, like, is it just like I do art and people just buy it? Is it that simple? No, it's never that simple. <laughs> okay. Oh, life is never that simple. I wish. Um, but it, it, it's it's true. I think, like, especially through, like, Instagram, everyone looks at me specifically and they're like, well, it's also my fault because I only, like, do boomerangs of me drinking. But people <laughs> always literally, like, look at my life and they're like, oh, she's living it up. She's living in a glorious life. But at the same time, what the things that I'm doing is, like, I'm on set. I'm on set for like 12 hours of my day from like 6 a.m. to like 12 p.m. And I'm working my ass off just so I can make the paycheck to have that drink. Mm. And at the same time, not only am I working, I'm also like to a certain extent taking that responsibility of like doing it for the culture. So it's like I get that emotional stress of like I can't say the wrong thing. I have to be on point. I have to do my research. I have to do X, Y, and Z. So it's like I have to do so many hats. And it's like when you're a startup and you're a small business. Is that the league you put yourself in now? Uh, Is that where you're at? Like small business, yeah. Okay. Like the small business side of things, it's like you can't just be like just the artist or just the designer. Like I have to be like my own customer service. I have to be my own manager. I have to focus that like I also have a business running with the personality because there's certain things that pay the bills and certain things that don't. Um, so it's like people don't see all of that. And I'm okay with people not seeing all of that. Because that's just not what I'm trying to get into. But I think people really have to like uh, realize that there's like a struggle. And there's like a lot of shit that one person has to do just to make that Bacloss t-shirt come to life. You know? Right. Like, half the reason why people also, like, fuck with Bagwas is, like, I've made sure that, like, certain people wear it. So it's, like, it's an illusion game. Right. It's all about, like, who's wearing your shit, who's repping you, what is Babu doing tonight? Is Babu making sure that, like, she's meeting the right people? Babu's in New York. Okay, she needs to do X, Y, and Z. But I only have five days, and I have a drinking problem. So it's, like, make sure, Babu, you don't get (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) Like... So you really have to, like, pick and choose. And sometimes living your dreams comes at a really high cost. Mm. And that high cost is, like... That's bars. Like, that high cost is, like, missing out on family time, not having a boyfriend, and not, like, being in Antigua with your sister. And so it's, like... I might look like I'm traveling, but it's really all just for work and this dream. Right. Um, but more specifically, the way the business is right now is I'm a personality, so I get paid to, let's say, like model or share my story with brands, which was like Converse and Adidas. Mm-hmm. And then I do design work for like companies who are, let's say, like uh, they have like a masala company and they're like, oh, we want you to design our logo. Then I'll do that. And then, so that's, like, all the work that I do on the D-Lo that I don't really, like, even share. Mm-hmm. And then I have my own Instagram that I make content for, which then really correlates with my website, which is my online shop. Um, and then I do, like, pop-up shops and fun things. <laughs> so it's not it's not always glorious, right? People. Oh, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Like, I was putting on makeup in the car on the way right here because I'm like, Babu... Forget Babneet exists. You need to be on your A-game today. <laughs> well, I appreciate you wanting to be on the A-game for the Butter Chicken Yeah, boys. of course. You always you could, have to do it. You could have came sloppy. We wouldn't look at you different. Yeah, that's no, true. but you know. My it's G, all you about came with a whole makeup bag. My, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I believe Where's in the like, makeup bag? I, be, I believe in like being 100% at all times. Or like at least you put in the effort to, you know? Right. No, and, and it's it's, it's always respectful that way. Of course, and and it's motivating for for those for the youth that want to get to that point or are afraid to take that leap to try something oh, progressive yeah. and forward. Right. One thing I do want to say is for the youth, especially, I feel like they get lost in the numbers game. Don't do that. Be yourself around, no matter who the person is. 
whether it be 200 followers or a million, because you never know who that person is, and they could really fuck up your life. <laughs> yeah, so be very cautious. Be very cautious, but just be a nice human being. Right. Like, have a conversation. Have a normal conversation. Don't be like, oh, I need to talk to this person because they have a million followers, but not this person. Right. Because they don't have an Instagram following. Um, like, be respectful to just everyone, and I feel like my generation and the generation below me really lacks that interesting you say that where do you get that mindset from because that's that's the that's the mindset of a a champion a winner uh, a a successful person um i don't know my parents always told me that like no matter who walked into your home they're your guest so it started off with that and then i just met like really dope people who didn't even like have 400 followers on their instagram accounts but they were like such a huge deal in different ways that I couldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, okay, I know this exists. And if there's this one person who's doing it, then that means like there's more people like that. And so that's when I told myself that, hey, Instagram is a tool to get to where I am, but it's not the way I'm gonna get there. Bars. That's I feel like I could be a rapper now. <laughs> you could. You want to go in the studio with us later tonight? I actually do. <laughs> you want to come? With this studio next door with some mega like Grammy producers literally next door. Can Can you give me like a script and can I try it? Nah, you're an artist. You're going to write some bars and we're going to do it. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm down. Right. Okay. And then can we like play it at the end of this podcast where it's like, this is Bubba's feature? That would be crazy. We might, be, we might have to do that. I have an instrumental. If you really want, we're going into the studio right after this. <laughs> uh, with, I am super down. With that, ladies and gents, this was an actually incredible episode of the Butter Chicken Podcast. What do you think, Juice? I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> half a drink of I, drunk, I, bro. I had a lot of fun. It was so interesting getting to know Bubu. I hope she uh, she'll return my text uh, even after this podcast. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm a horrible texter, and all my friends know it. I know you're very bad. You're better at DMing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> amazing. If I needed her, I just DM her. She's quick. It's quick on the DM. Bad. Like she'll DM me, but will not return my text. It's like, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm that person, but I'm getting better. I'm trying to work on my worth that thanks. You're a millennial, right? <laughs> I am. There's a problem with you guys. It's like I don't know why, There's but a like with you guys. <laughs> what? Nah, I fuck with these. I'm just kidding. Like, with for me, for some reason, maybe it's just like because I use Instagram so yeah. much. But like I love seeing like the whole like personality of Instagram. Like, oh, sure, message me. Let me see what he's up to. Let me see his face. And yeah. then I'll start stalking you. But with text, it's like so boring. I know. I like that you didn't call me Sherrod. What what did I say? You said Sherrod. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who told you that? Um, so I met someone when I was 16, and I had introduced myself as Babni. And he's like, no, 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 no. Take pride in your name. It's Babni. And like since that. then, it, like, stayed with me. And so... Still doesn't answer my question. Oh, like... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. This is when, like, Crown Royale is like... Yeah. Now we're flowing. <laughs> um, so basically, in, like, the Indian context or the language, the A is A and not a mm. so then i know if you're a south asian i just know how to pronounce your name like it's shutter that's not sharad yes but my name is dj sharad don't get sharad. it twisted it's fine it's cool you do you, <laughs> <laughs> you no do what's, you. what's funny is this there's like only only family calls me sharad okay well we are family now so that is that's that's how we're family now i'm imposing myself in your family <laughs> you're welcome anytime <laughs> we'll keep the crown ready for you and we'll have some butter chicken at the crib. Uh, ladies and gents, this is the Butter Chicken Podcast with your boy DJ Sherrod. And DJ Juicy. And for those just tuning in, you can catch us on all podcasting platforms, but specifically find us on our gram. On the gram. What's our gram? But at Butter Chicken Podcast. And Juicy. Hmm. What's your personal gram? <laughs> it's at DJ Juicy. How do you spell that? D-J-J-U-I-C-Y. Well, you know what mine is? What's your Sherrod? DJ Sherrod. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> <Boom>. drop my <laughs> DJ S H A R A D. Love you guys, Butter Chicken Podcast. We'll see you soon, Bubby. Tell them where they can find you. Uh, well, you can in the future. find me on the gram. Okay. Um, Bubu the Painter with two B's, B A B B U. Okay. And you can. I have a website, so www.bt.bubuthepainter.com, and then. 
I like this is where I tell my email and stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you email whatever you want. It's like com. <laughs> okay, um, I fuck with that. Yeah. Do you respond to your own emails? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's, this is like 101 like business. It's like even if you don't have a manager, n- like pretend like you do. Mm. <laughs> pretend Bars! Like you do. So like if I email Babu the Painter, I'll get like a response from Chad or something. <laughs> oh no, it's Chad. it's Team Babu. I still like <laughs> It's like you. Like, sounds like a manager. Yeah, I just like leave it open to Team Babu. Okay. Because it's like you don't know who you're talking to, and That's I fire. like the whole mysterious like aspect of yeah. like. I wonder if it's her. Is it her manager? Yeah, <laughs> her I love that. It's like, and then when I finally meet them, it's like I don't know who I was talking to, but I know it's from your team. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's probably one of them. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, it's fine. Don't worry. I Were they, they nice like, to you? <laughs> you know what's cool as your progress, your career progresses, and you get older, like me. Uh-huh. Then you can actually have like you'll have a team. Oh and yeah. Then the team will actually do shit. And then it's I'm waiting for incredible. that. I feel like it's it's like a good move cuz right now all my needs of like alcohol and like travel <laughs> are being like <laughs> coming my way where it's like okay, this is good and now like someone's going to start replying to my email. It's fine. Manifest it. Facts. It's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you soon Butter Chicken Podcast boys. We out. We'll see you next week. Brrah. Peace. Peace. This is the